0: This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome everybody to the Holland Assets podcast. This is episode. What are we on, Chris? Episode ten, I believe ten. Yeah, the the decade. Oh my gosh! You know, just uh, ninety more of these, and I think we're eligible for syndication. So we, <laughs> I get maybe we can get Holland Assets on Nick at Night or something. Uh, okay, ten
1: percent of the way there. <laughs>
0: exactly. So a- episode ten. Welcome everybody. I am Craig. Chris, you've already heard. Uh, Today we are going to be doing something a little bit different than we have done in the past. But before we get there, I'll just remind everybody to go to HollandAssetsLLC.com to check out the show notes for this and other episodes. And also make sure that wherever you're listening to us, you know whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher, make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, and please leave a review. They do help. If you enjoy what we're doing, do us a favor and leave that review. So today, Chris, uh, I guess before we start in on the subject at hand, I nowadays, with you out on the road all the time, I just got to keep asking, any good stories lately?
1: Um, yeah, I, I guess I have a few. Um, wh- one of them's probably a good one to make fun of myself a little bit.
0: <laughs> you know, I always like those.
1: <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, well, th- this goes back a lot further. I, I've, got a, I've got a problem with my teeth. I'm, I'm a clincher of my teeth, and, and my front teeth, my the top teeth and the bottom teeth have been rubbing against each other for a long time. And my top teeth have kind of been getting worn out. Um, one of them's chipped, and the chip got really bad. And I went and saw the dentist about a month ago, and he finally said, you know what, this just keeps getting worse. We can't fix it anymore. You're going to have to get crowns put on your teeth on your teeth. So, you know, essentially caps. Right. And I'm like, okay, so we made an appointment for that. And have you ever had crowns before? Got a couple. Yep. Yeah. So they, they essentially grind away. I would estimate like a third of the tooth that's above the gum line. And then they make another tooth that they, you know, they put on top of it and glue it on and it just kind of stays there. Well, they, they, put a temporary on from the time that you get your teeth ground down. It takes about two weeks before they get the permanent one that they put on. So anyway, he ended up having to grind my two front teeth because both of them were having that same problem. And he said, we, you know, one of them you have to do now, the other one you're going to have to do soon. So you might as well just do them both. So anyway, grinds them both down and they make a, a temporary to put on there until the permanent ones come in. Well, So I had that work done while I was at home for a day or two, and then I had no idea when I was going to be able to come back. Um, You know, I knew I had to wait about two weeks, but I didn't know if it was going to be two weeks or a month before I was going to be able to come back. So anyway, about two days on the road after I get this done, it may have been three days, the tooth, the, the temporary already pops off. And it's really not causing me all that kind of the, the, any issues. You know, it'll pop on, it'll pop off. I can kind of put it back on. It doesn't really bother me that much. But then one day I'm eating a peanut butter and honey sandwich, and I take a bite, and there's this big crunch. Oh. I'm like, what the heck was that? I, I wasn't even thinking. I had no idea what it was. I thought something. there was something hard in my peanut butter. <laughs> well... Needless to say, I had chomped down on my temporary crown and essentially broke it in half. <laughs> so uh. I, I'm, I'm walking around, you know, totally trashy with either no temporary in or a temporary that's broken for about a week. When I ended up finally being able to get back on a I, I get home on like a Tuesday night. On a run where I'm just passing through Utah, and so I don't really have any time. And my my dentist's day off, of course, is Wednesday, which is the day that I'm actually home because I get there Tuesday night. I've got um, uh, most of Wednesday; I don't have to leave Wednesday till like five o'clock in the afternoon. So anyway, make my dentist. My dentist. My uncle's my dentist. Luckily, he comes in on his day off. Um, the crowns, the permanents, had come in like two days prior. And uh, he puts them on and 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 now now I, I look pretty good I have a, a set of teeth with no chips or no
0: cracks and uh, <laughs> so so you were walking around for or driving around for a couple of days with half a front tooth essentially is that right
1: like a, a week a good week oh, either my no gosh. no teeth I, I'd take them out and it, it's kind of funny because they're ground down so much it looks like you've got two baby teeth in front of all your (laughs) your big teeth that you know don't line up with anything else and yeah so I I was uh I was living pretty large for a little while
0: yeah no kidding and uh you know you're you're helping to feed some unfortunate stereotypes about truckers there Chris (laughs) I'm living the life I I really am (laughs) in
1: more ways than one that's fantastic I've jumped in
0: full-fledged both feet so tell me, uh, Chris, do we want to get into the meat of this episode now?
1: Yeah, we've probably digressed for too long.
0: I, you know, I I, I can only talk about teeth for so long before I start feeling that dentist's chair. So uh, unless
1: you want me to tell you about but the, about fireflies.
0: What? Yeah. All okay. right. Fine. Tell me another story, Chris. So, you
1: know, you and I are from Utah and there's no fireflies in Utah. I don't think I've ever seen a firefly in Utah. Nope. So I had never, you know, I. I don't know if you know this, but when you're driving in a truck, especially out west, you know, most parts of the country, you wash your windshields and about 50 miles into the drive, your windshields are completely covered in uh, bug guts again. Sure. Well, anyway, one night I'm driving down the road late at night and all of a sudden I see a bug come up, hit, splat, guts, and it's glowing on my windshield. Fireflies, when you hit them, may leave a little glowy mark for probably you know a minute or two on your windshield yeah coolest really thing i've ever seen
0: in my life yeah is that a fact How does a fact wow and of course all of the people listening you know east of the mississippi are going well yeah duh, duh uh, yeah but us rocky mountain folks are like what in the world are you talking it's magic you so you, you got magic bugs out east
1: it, it was the coolest thing in the world yeah that's, it,
0: that's really cool I, I
1: guess that shows how big of a dork I am that I kind of <laughs> think something like that's neat
0: well i, I could have told you that <laughs> all right Fair chris nice. so what uh what are we doing today we're We are interrupting our normally scheduled programming uh you inserted a topic here because you thought it was pretty important that we get to it
1: yeah you know i i, I kind of I, I like to look on the trekking forums and you know we get a decent amount of. People commenting on our Facebook pages or some of our websites, you know, whether it's Motor Carrier HQ or the Progressive Reporting website or, or Holland Assets or any one of those Facebook pages. And one of the topics that, that consistently seems to be a theme is people talking about, you know, hey, is it better to be an owner operator or should I be a company driver? you know, that whole owner operator versus company driver topic. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, there's pros and cons of both. And, you know, I think it's important that we talk about that as part of this process of, of talking about becoming an owner operator.
0: Well, it's interesting as you, as you scroll through those Facebook pages that you're talking about, uh, you know, we're posting stuff about, Hey, happy Memorial day. And, or here's the 4th of July post and all all this stuff. Um, you know, putting polls up about what we should name your truck or whatever. And, you know, sometimes they get a comment or two, but then we'll get those posts about what you're talking about, the owner-operator versus employee-driver, and, you know, 75, 100 comments, more. Uh, They just go crazy. Yeah, people are commenting a lot about that. So I'm glad you're bringing it up.
1: Yeah, I I think it'll be a fun thing to talk about. Um, And... You know, one one isn't necessarily better than the other. They're definitely very different, and they definitely both have pros and cons. And, you know, I, I want to take as much of a an objective view on this as we can and and talk about, you know, is owner-operator right for you or is company-driver right for you? I mean, the, there's to each his own.
0: Okay. Well, uh, it, it, basically what we're doing is we're taking – it sounds like we're taking that Q&A – uh idea that you had for the end of an episode and we're just blowing it up and make a whole episode out of it um so with that in mind what are some of the common things uh, the, the common phrases or, or whatever that people are using um that we can respond to in these comments
1: yeah that's a, that's a great question there's a lot of them so you take for example you know i, I hear all the time and and even with discussions with people you know when they refer to the the difficulties of being an owner operator, they'll talk about, you know, all these government regulations, you know, the brokers are driving rates down, expenses are going up, and you just can't make it as an owner operator anymore. I might as well just be a company driver, get my, you know, whatever it is, $60,000 a year and not have to, you know, stress over my truck or stress over anything else, and I can just drive and you know there's truth to that i mean there's there's definitely a lot more stress that comes along with being an owner operator and there's not as much you have to worry about or think about when you're a company driver
0: well okay so i assume that you're going to go into some of the pros and cons including the pros of being a uh, an owner operator and why that could work for a lot of people but before we get to those you know the sunny uplands of business ownership you say that there's some truth to this, the government regulations, brokers, uh, what'd you say, brokers driving down rates, expenses and all this stuff. You, you're saying there's some truth to this stuff. Can you expound on that before we move over to the business ownership side or to the the pros of business ownership?
1: Yeah, so you, you take, for example, for sure, like government regulation, it's out there. The trucking industry is highly regulated. It always has been. But you know what? Whether you're a company driver A large trucking company or a small trucking company everybody has to deal with those government regulations and I'll be a hundred percent honest with you you know if you're a if you're a a big company having to deal with that you're dealing with a a bunch of drivers and and a lot of the times the drivers don't really care so much about the government regulations not like as much as they should and so they they're always messing things up but if you've got a good disciplined owner-operator they're typically, they're, they're, they've got more skin in the game. And so they're going to pay attention to those kind of things and, and usually do a better job um, following them at less of a cost than what it costs a, a, a big trucking company. And so that's kind of one of the advantages is there's not as much overhead in dealing with the government regulations as long as you learn them and can stay on top of them. If you just ignore them as an owner-operator, it, it, they are going to make your life miserable and they're going to be, you're going to just run into nothing but problems. But, you know, it's just it's one of those things that you have to educate yourself. That's you know one of the one of the duties of an owner operator is to understand those regulations. You have to understand them more than you would as a company driver.
0: Right. And and tell me more about the broker issues. You talked about brokers driving down rates. Is there, you know, is there some kind of Illuminati conspiracy out there to, to keep your rates down?
1: No, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, that's just a common gripe. and. I don't know that driving down the rates, it's something that you hear all the time is really the right way of putting it. Um, Brokers play a role in the industry, uh, whether you like it or not. Um, You know, a lot of shippers don't want to have to deal directly with carriers. And so they use brokers and, and brokers are going to try to drive down the rates, but that's where as an owner operator, you've got to learn how to negotiate and understand a little bit about some of the nuances of supply and demand. Like, I'll give an example of something that's happened really recently. So we're in the middle of the summer right now and every June, the DOT does a, what they call a a roadside inspection blitz. So, They take a nationwide, all the state agencies, the federal agencies get together and they just do this big, huge blitz where they stop every, not everybody, but they stop a ton of trucks on the road and they do inspections. And that just happened three days ago, or well, like three weeks ago, roughly. And it was for a three day period. And I actually had to take that period off because I, those three days came over the end of a week and a weekend when I had drill with the national guard. So I, I was off the road, not intentionally. I wish I could have been on the road. And the reason behind that is, is because a lot of people decide they don't want to haul freight at that time because they just don't want to have to deal with the inspection. Well, I, I was watching rates during that time and it's the whole supply and demand thing because so many drivers have pulled themselves off the road. They were brokers that had freight that needed to be hauled were giving great rates for that three or four-day period. And, you know, you kind of have, if you understand that, you're going to seek out those kind of opportunities when there's not as many guys on the road and um, rates are going to be better. And you know what the funny thing about that is, too, is as soon as that blitz is over, guess what happens?
0: Uh, The rates go back down
1: because they go not only do they go back to normal they go below normal because you've had 20 percent of the workforce that all of a sudden decided to take that time off because they didn't want to have to deal with the blitz well now guess what that whole 20 percent of the workforce is flooding the market again all on the same day because everybody wants to get back on the road the day after it happens and so rates go way back down yeah yeah, so that makes sense as an owner operator you need to be able to understand those things and kind of use them you take for example you know i'd I typically think from obviously I haven't been doing this forever, but what I've seen so far, Fridays are usually really good day. If you can get a load on a Friday because a lot of people are wanting to stop. And if you say, Hey, I'm going to run this weekend. Um, you're going to typically get a, a better rate on a Friday because no, you know, a lot of people are trying to stop for
0: the weekend. No, that makes so sense. It's,
1: it's just understanding those kind of nuances and kind of, um, you know, Playing around with rates and knowing when to ne- when you can negotiate harder. You can probably negotiate a little bit harder on a Friday than you can on a Monday.
0: So, and, so what what I'm hearing you saying, uh, you because know, I feel like we're kind of getting into the weeds on one particular issue, but let me pull it back out. And what it sounds like is uh, if you don't want to learn these nuances and if you don't want to have the discipline to make sure that you're on top of these regulations and, and all those sorts of things... Um, then you know maybe the owner operator life uh, wouldn't be quite right for you but if you have that discipline and you're willing to gain the knowledge and the expertise necessary for this sort of uh you know I, I don't want to call it gaming the system but understanding the system right yeah
1: so you, you're not really like like you said you're not really gaming the system you're you're understanding it and you're playing within that system and if if you you're not willing to learn the system, understand it and use the system to your advantage. If you're not willing to understand those nuances and all you want to really do is is just get out and drive and you don't want to have to think about that stuff or be aware of that stuff, you you may be better off as a company driver. That may be the right route for you. And and again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just understanding you you who you are, what your mentality is and and really what you want out of life. And right and, that will help you decide which is better for you, whether it's the owner-operator or company driver.
0: And, you know, I, I think I've said this on a previous podcast, um, and like you're saying, there's nothing wrong with being an employee driver. I mean, you, you talk about making seventy grand a year, you get health benefits and whatnot. Like, you're not going to get rich that way, but you're firmly in the middle class at that point, you know, and things are going to be okay, Yeah. Presumably, you know, assuming everything goes all right with your employment and all that, like that's it's not a bad gig. Uh, But the whole point, I think, of this podcast is for uh, to help those people who do have that drive and the desire uh, to start that successful business and grow, you know, whether it's grow their wealth or just grow their independence, uh, you know, give them those tools that they need. Right.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, okay, well, I think the podcast is over. Thanks for coming on, Chris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have so much more I want to say.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I just thought I wrapped it up so well.
1: In a nice little bow.
0: <laughs> All right, so what else uh, did you want to talk about today? Um, you know what? It might be a good idea at this
1: point is let's just kind of um, jump into some of the pros and cons of each and just and really just kind of go over that.
0: Yeah, sure. All right. What do you want to start with? Uh, do you want to start? How Let's start do you with do company this? driver. Let's okay. start with company driver. We'll talk about the pros and cons of
1: that, and then we'll transition into owner operator and and kind of keep in mind. A lot of the times, a pro of being a, a of a company driver is going to be a con of being a um, owner operator. So th- there's going to be some overlap as little, we start through these. Little repetition
0: here. Yeah. yeah. Okay so all right so company driver now i'll be honest this is uh the side of the coin that i'm afraid i i may identify with a little bit more i'm fairly risk averse uh i you know i like the idea of stability and all that stuff and so hit me with uh, some validation tell me why uh, give me some pros why is it a good idea to remain a company driver
1: You just named two big ones right there. Um, Stability, you know, oftentimes, you know, especially if you're working for a big company and you're a reliable employee, you're typically going to have a lot of stability in, in that kind of a job. And there's, there's not nearly as much risk. There's still risk as an employee. You've got the risk of potentially being fired or the risk of being laid off, you know, things like that, that are, are completely out of your control. But they're not. You're not typically risking a whole bunch of your own money, um, your own sanity, or, or you know <laughs> a, a myriad of other things that you, you kind of put on the line when you go into business for yourself. Sure, sure.
0: Um, okay. And so on the con side, it's you're not having any of those things. Am I right? Or is there anything more to it when we go to the con side?
1: Um, you know. So so talking about the cons, yeah, I, I kind of mentioned some of them a little bit on the, with the driver, you know, you, you, you can get laid off and that's definitely not something that you can control. And that's not something that's going to happen as an owner operator. You can go out of business, but you're, you're not going to get la- laid off. You can get fired by a client, but then, you know, you typically can go find another client. Um, but you, you, you don't get laid off as a, as an owner operator. You can, as a driver, you know, a couple other pros uh, on the driver side that I kind of, forgot to mention and and maybe I did to a certain degree but you know typically being a company driver is going to be less stressful um you don't have to worry about quite so many things you're you're really able to more just drive than you can as an owner operator um and and then also a lot of times as a as an owner op or as a company driver you get uh, a lot of the, some of the cool benefits you know maybe paid vacation and health benefits. Um, but with that being said, you can get those things as an owner operator too. You're just kind of paying yourself those. You can you, know, you can earn, you know, you're gonna earn more money if you do it right. And so that kind of helps uh, make up for the not getting a paid vacation. And, you know, you can, you can buy your own health benefits. You're just, you're the one that has to pay for them.
0: Right, it, it kind of goes along with the discipline side of, you know, being an owner operator. I'm reminded actually of, uh, have you seen some of these studies that say that the, you know, there are these big tech firms out in California or some here in Utah as well and elsewhere that are offering unlimited paid time off. Um, And so their employees can take paid time off whenever and however much they want. And uh, yeah, and everybody's saying, oh, this is so sweet. This is awesome. I can decide when to go on vacation. And then it turns out that people take less than they would have (laughs) when they were, Uh, you know, when they had two weeks or three weeks uh, paid time off and it's, uh, and it's because they don't have that, uh, that discipline or the organization to, to realize that, oh, I haven't taken any time off this year. And so, yeah, I, I guess it just reminded me of that a little bit. The owner operator has to have, uh, the discipline to know, um, you know, Hey, it's up to me to pay myself that vacation to make sure that I'm, you know, Taking time off for my own sanity, that sort of thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, another another really good con with
1: with being a company driver, and you, you hear this all the time from company drivers, is that companies make promises that they don't plan on keeping or they don't keep, and and so in in on one hand, you kind of have may have some of that stability, but a lot of the times. You you don't really know what you're going to get. They make promises, they don't keep them. They they tell you're going to be home, you're not home. They tell you're going to earn a certain amount, and they're going to give you so many miles a month, and they make all these promises and they just don't keep them. And you know that's that's kind of another one of the cons of being a, a employee driver.
0: Is that really common with uh, with just about every trucking company, or is that something that you might see at uh, you know some of the mid level things you know i'm just trying to think of like the big name ones it seems like they might have uh you know better systems in place but i'm not sure i
1: i would almost say some of the bigger ones are the ones that i hear the most complaints out of to be interesting honest with you okay yeah it um you, 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 small companies medium-sized companies and big companies all make promises that they don't keep but then there's also you know small big and medium companies that, that are good at it. It, every company is different. So some, some are m- more reliable to keep their promises and others just plain aren't. And so it, it's kind of a, you know, it's hit and miss. You get both sides of the, um, you know, you, you get both sides in, in that kind of a scenario. So it's just, you, you never really know. That's, right. that's kind of the point is with a, you know, as a, as a company driver, you know, you're not the one in charge. And so you kind of, either have to live with what they're gonna give you or
0: find something else. And so now let me take a stab at the biggest, what I would see as the biggest con of uh, being a company driver, but this would also be the biggest pro of being an owner operator, and that is uh, the potential income. Uh, now, like I said earlier, you know, if you're making $70,000 a year plus benefits, you're gonna be comfortable, uh, You know, depending on the lifestyle you wanna lead. Um, but that's, you know, it's okay. But if you want to grow that, you know, you're not going to be able to grow much past that number as a company driver, but as an owner operator, yeah, you're taking on more risk, but you have that potential to, uh, you know, negotiate the rates that you need to get and drive as much as you are able to, to, you know, increase your income, buy more trucks, increase your fleet and hire employees. So there's a potential for greater income than you would ever have with, uh, uh, being a company driver, right?
1: Yeah. I think that's actually, that's probably a really good transition point and to transition from, you know, talking more about company driver versus owner operator and get more into the owner operator side of things, because I totally agree with that. So as a driver, your income is, is way more limited than it is as an owner operator you you may get that comfortable sixty seventy thousand dollar a year job, but that's probably as high as you're ever going to get. And if if that's what you want in life, and you you don't want to have to deal with some of the other stresses, and you're happy with that, great. Company driver is probably the right thing for you. If you want something more in life, and you want to try and and increase that and get higher than that, you're you're Odds of doing that as a company driver are slim to none your your real option is is owning your own company. and is that going to happen overnight? No, it takes time to build those kind of things. you know the, the other really big con or pro with being an owner operator that kind of goes along with that is that you are able to build wealth. And what I mean by that is you know, if, if you even if you build a two three, four, five truck fleet, even a one truck fleet to a certain extent, it's something that you can potentially sell. Even if it's, you know, over time you have a truck that's paid for and you can sell that it's an asset that you can sell that if you're an employee driver, you don't get, um, if you've got a company that's making revenue and has a lane and you can sell that to somebody else later on down the road, you're not only selling the truck and the trailer or whatever assets you have, but you're also selling a revenue stream. And so You know, you can sell a business that has you've created value and that's going to get you more money in the long run.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that sounds very familiar to somebody who purchased a house in the last few years. You know, that was something that's been on my mind is uh, it's a it's a wealth building maneuver. Right. So, yeah, it sounds pretty similar. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So go on with the owner operator stuff. Uh, Some more some more pros about this.
1: I think another really good pro with it sometimes we don't think about is you don't have to deal with company politics. I know when I was back in the corporate world (laughs) dealing with company politics was just, it's one of the things I hated most about working at a company. And so the companies that I've started and built, I've really tried, you can never kind of get away from some of the drama and the politics completely, but you can create an environment not only for yourself, but also for your employees that limits that or you know reduces it greatly so that you just don't have to deal with it you know you don't have to brown nose to the boss you know you don't have to you know you're you're not necessarily bending to the whim of another person all the time
0: you know i've been meaning to tell you chris uh, you you your voice is sounding really nice today uh, not only are you an, an an intelligent man but you're a powerful man as well <laughs>
1: Look, you're such a good brown noser.
0: <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. It's uh, and I I share your distaste for this sort of thing. So yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I, I think most people do. That's one of the things that a lot of people complain about. I know, you well, know. That-
0: you know, let me let me just say though, I I will say this as somebody, I, you know, I work in an office now. I've got a nine to five, and there are people who just thrive on that. They seem to be really good at the office politics thing and the whole climbing the ladder thing, and you know, they they seem to get it in a way that I don't, and maybe other people don't. So, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody really thrives on that stuff.
1: Yeah, and that, and if if you do, that may be another reason to stay
0: a company driver,
1: if, that, if that's mm-hmm. something you like.
0: There you go. Uh, but you know, myself, I like to kind of, I like you say, not really worry about the politics of certain situations. Uh, but it it kind of gives me a feeling of you know, that I'm in control of my destiny, that I don't need to uh, brown-nose to get ahead, right? I All I need to do is uh, kick ass at my job, and, you know, it, if my job is being an owner-operator, then all I need to do is be really awesome at that, and I'm going to uh, succeed, you know, if I if I take care of business, and it's not dependent on those politics. And so I assume that would be another pro of the owner-operator side, is that kind of, uh, that, you uh, setting your own course you know you're the captain of your fate and all that stuff yeah and
1: you know kind of the whole you know brave heart freedom mantra i mean (laughs) that's you know that that's really one of the things for me that i like the most about you know being a a business owner is i have that freedom i can kind of i have the freedom to make the decisions i want to make you know i Benefit from those decisions, or when I make bad decisions, I'm the one that suffers from them. And you know, I'm 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 making money for myself, not making money for somebody else. And so that's really super appealing to me. And, and I and I and I like
0: that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so it's it's all sounding amazing to be an owner operator now. But uh, let's move on to the con side of that. What would be the biggest things that you would say would be? stumbling blocks or hurdles for somebody looking to potentially move into that game.
1: So I, I think a lot of it just kind of boils down to, to stress. I don't care how successful you are being an owner operator is going to be stressful to me. It's the kind of, you know, I I'd rather deal with this kind of stress than the stress of office politics. So it's, it's definitely every job has stresses. This is a different kind of stress, but You know, it's it's more stressful, you know, if if your truck breaks down, not only do you have to, you know, deal with your truck not moving, but you've got to figure out how to get it fixed. You have to figure out how to pay for it. And all that kind of stuff is 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 stressful. Um, So you you have to be willing to to and able to deal with that.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's it, like you say, different kinds of stress. If you're an, an employee driver, then, you know, every two weeks or every month or whatever it is, your, your pay schedule, you know, that you're going to get a paycheck, uh, as an owner operator, you're going to have to, like you said, keep the wheels turning. You've got to be moving in order to be earning that income. Um, and so it's not that same kind of scheduled out life that you have as a, an employee driver.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, just that stress and along with it comes risk um risk is another con of um being a, an owner operator is you're you're putting a lot more at risk you're putting your time at risk you're putting your money at risk um you're you're putting a lot of things at risk and and so you have to be willing to accept that and willing to deal with that and and that's another one of those things that kind of increases the stress level too is is you're risking a lot
0: yeah all right well this sounds like um it may be a place where we can start to wrap up this conversation because I feel like we've moved through a lot of the pros and cons on both sides of this and ultimately what it comes down to is uh, like I was saying earlier you know I, I Chris I tried to tie it up with a bow let me try it again okay um, do it <laughs> that this is what this podcast is all about if you are someone who uh, prefers the type of stress that comes along with being an owner-operator to the type of stress that you get as an employee driver. If you're the kind of person who is willing to risk something in order to gain more than you could with uh, an employee driver job, then being being an owner-operator may be the way that you should go. And if that's the case, that's what this podcast is all about, is helping equip people with the knowledge, the skills that they're going to need to succeed as an owner operator to minimize that stress that comes along with that and to increase uh, the chances for success that you have to, to lower that risk and in- increase your chance for success, right? Yeah, I, I think that's
1: good. You know, to maybe kind of put another little my own flavor on it, um, wrapping it up, I, I would say it just kind of comes to, to where are you satisfied? And, and where are you happy in life? You know, if, if that 60 or $70,000 a year job, along with not having to worry and not having to stress over some of the, the things that an owner operator does, you know, um, getting that, uh, you know, those, those company benefits and a few other things are important to you. And that's what you want out of life. Then company driver is probably the right way to go. If, if you're a guy like me who's probably perpetually not satisfied and, and always wants a little bit more and a little bit more and, and try to do better and, and strive for more, then that's probably really the tipping point that, that says, you know what, I, I at least have to give the owner-operator route a shot. I, I, I want more than just that. I want to be able to grow something. I want to be able to build something. I want to control my own destiny. Then it's Let me, the owner-operator
0: yeah. route. Let me ask you uh, an exit question here, Chris uh, because this is something that just occurred to me as you were talking. Uh, let's say I'm an employee driver, I've been thinking about going the owner operator route. I, I've listened to our discussion now about the pros and cons and I'm thinking, okay well, you know maybe I want to try that, but it does sound like a lot of risk. Tell me this if you know what is what's the worst case scenario? if I'm an owner or if I try the owner operator thing out, and, you know, the company goes under and, you know, whatnot, I've got to sell the truck or whatever. I can always go back to being an employee driver, right? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be a pleasant experience, but you do still have that possibility.
1: You still have that skill set. You, you can still do that. You can always jump back. And or you can, you know, I, I see people take two different routes, you know, people that for one reason or another decide they don't want to be an owner operator anymore. They you know sell either sell everything off and just go to be a company employee or they maybe they keep their truck and and just don't want to have some of the burdens of being an independent owner operator and they lease on to somebody else and run their own truck under somebody else's authority and in a you know kind of in that hybrid world between a, a company driver and an independent owner operator
0: right that makes sense so essentially you've got options and if you are uh, sitting on the fence, and you're wondering whether you should try out the owner-operator life. I say, if if you're thinking that hard about it, go ahead and give it a shot.
1: because uh, yeah, you're
0: you're going to have options afterwards if it doesn't sure. work out.
1: I, yeah, it's it's not going to be the end of the world if things don't work out. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be fun. It's going to suck, but life will, life will go on. And and I think for a lot of people, and I know I'm this way, you're going to regret it the rest of your life if if you've got that bug, and and you want to try it and you don't try it, you're gonna regret it.
0: Yeah, makes sense. All right, well, I think that's a good place to cut and run, Chris. And I also want to thank everybody who has participated on those Facebook pages. So you can go to Progressive Reporting, you can go to Holland Assets, search these things on Facebook, you can find us there, and uh, chime in on these discussions. You can also comment on our posts at HollandAssetsLLC.com, which is where the show notes are located go ahead and hop in the comments sections there and we will uh, be happy to uh, chat with you there as well. So uh, if you have any specific questions, whether it's about this topic, one that we've covered in the past or one that you suspect may be coming up in the future, go ahead and hit those comment sections and we will use those for future Q&As in future episodes. Thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate you sticking around with us and uh, here's to at least 90 more episodes, Chris.
1: Sounds like a good plan.
0: Alright, safe driving.